It's a time to hear from God's word and I ask that you keep your hearts and minds open as we meditate on God's word and see what God has to speak to us today. So let's turn our Bibles to Judges chapter 6 verse 13. Judges 6 13. We're going to meditate from this passage this morning and see what God has to speak to us today. Judges chapter 6 verse 13. If you're there, I would like to read this passage for you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Amen. One day, God appears to Gideon, saying, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. If you read the previous verses, you'll know that the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. Now, God appears to Gideon and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And a little later, Gideon, as a reply to that, says, God, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why has all this happened to us? If you look at this dialogue between God and Gideon, there's something very interesting we can learn from this passage. So if you go to verse 12, can, can we have verse 12 on screen? Judges chapter 6 verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. In the NKJV it says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Whenever you see in the Bible the phrase angel of the Lord and the word Lord is in capitalized form, that means it was Jesus in the Old Testament speaking to Gideon. So many times we see this instance where angel of the Lord speaks to Abraham. It's not an angel, but it's actually Jesus in his pre-incarnate state. So there's this dialogue that happens between God and Gideon and God says, oh, you mighty warrior. And Gideon gives a very interesting response. Gideon says, if God is with us, if you're saying God is with us, then why has all these things happened to us? Gideon is asking, where are the miracles that our ancestors spoke about? Did you not bring us out of Egypt? The miraculous ways in which you led us out, splitting the Red Sea, making, making people walk through the Jordan River. Where are all the miracles that we have heard about? And, and he goes on to say, but now the Lord has forsaken us. If you look at this passage, there is something interesting that's happening here. See, Gideon had an expectation. Gideon expected that God will do mighty miracles and will deliver them out of the hands of the Midianites. Because at this time right now, they were under the oppression of the Midianites for over seven years. And during this time, Gideon was expecting that God will do something. Like the way he delivered Israel out of Egypt, Gideon expected that God will do something even at this time. So Gideon had this expectation. He had this expectation, but his expectation had failed. Gideon had an expectation, but that expectation was not fulfilled. And that is why he responds to God in this way. You know, there's something we, can, we are going to learn from this passage as we come to the end of the year. And before I go on, let me tell you the title of my sermon. The title of my sermon is Failed Expectations. 
I don't know how many of you have failed expectations in your life or unfulfilled expectations in your life. If you're going through something, I believe God has a word for you. And I believe God is going to encourage you and remind you that he's a God who never fails in his word. Amen. And that every problem that we face, every pain that we go through has a purpose and has a reason. See, as human beings, we all, we all have the tendency to expect. We all expect good things to happen in our life. When we start college, we have this expectation that I'm going to be the best student. I'm just going to get A plus in all subjects. I'm going to be the best student. But a little later, we'll realize that if I can just somehow survive, somehow get through, I'll be more than happy. When we're preparing to get married, we have these great expectations. Great expectation. Yesterday, my, my teacher was here and he was saying, he, he used to teach us, saying, marriage is a box of surprises. It's full of surprises. And some of the surprises are that you won't see your marriage in the way you expected it to be. So you will enter into marriage with a lot of expectation. And after you enter into marriage, you will be surprised that all that you expected isn't there. All that you're looking for isn't the same. So you will enter into marriage ex expecting something, but it will turn out to be completely different. See, there's an expectation in everything. But not all our expectations are fulfilled. In fact, many of our expectations fail. And, and when it fails, it can be the most disappointing thing ever. Sometimes failed expectations can push you to quit whatever you're doing. You may have started something with a great plan, with a great vision. But when you start failing, it, you'll feel like, okay, I need to quit. I need to stop doing what I'm doing. It will also push you into discouragement and sometimes even depression because what you expected, what you hoped for, what you planned for did not come to pass. You might have started this year with a great expectation about life and what you wanted to do. And now that you're in the final weeks about the year, I don't know how many of your plans have come to fulfillment. I had many plans this year and many didn't come to fulfillment. Some came. But many did not. I don't know how many of your plans came to fulfillment, how many of your expectations were fulfilled. There might be something so badly that you expected in 2019, but it never came to pass. And there are certain thoughts that you had. And you thought to yourself, okay, finally, in the year 2019, this is going to happen. You might have started the year with a great hope, but now you've reached the end of the year wondering, what am I doing with my life? Wondering, what am I doing with my life? Because sometimes you end up thinking that I have such a miserable life. Simply because all that I hoped for, all that I expected has not come to fulfillment. When we look at the life of Gideon, Gideon was someone like that. He had an expectation, but it wasn't fulfilled. He expected God to do something, it wasn't fulfilled. If you look at how the Midianites oppressed Israel, they oppressed for over seven years. And if you read Judges chapter 6, it tells us how they were oppressed. They can't even count their positions openly. Let's say if the Israelites planted a crop, the Midianites will come and destroy it. Just imagine you, you, you're so hungry, you go, want to eat something, so you go to Pabbas, you order a nice Gadbad ice cream, and just when they deliver it to you, just when you're about to receive it in your hand, 
someone snatches it away how will you feel what if this happens to you for 7 years like every time you're about to get something someone takes it away every time you're about to do something someone takes it away for 7 years if you look at the life of gideon gideon had expectation that god will do something and i imagine this way that first year might have gone by and he would be thinking okay next year god is going to do something to these midianites but it so happened it didn't god didn't do anything two years go by three years go by four years go by five years go by six years go by seven years and by the time you reach seven years all your hope is lost and all you want to do right now is survive all you want to do right now is survive and it is at that time god appears to gideon saying oh you mighty warrior now this might have made gideon a little frustrated he didn't respond to god in the way that's very nice and patient but rather says if god is with us why has all these things happened to us if god is with us where are all the miracles if god is with us why are we in this state oppressed by the midianites oppressed by the midianites you see he had an expectation that god will do something but it did not happen his expectation was not fulfilled in 7 years i don't know where you are in this journey of life i don't know if you've been waiting on god to do something in your life for years now for something to happen for many years and may- maybe you've reached this point maybe you reached this point where you do not have any hopes for the future no more expectation you're like let whatever happen let it happen i don't care you may be at that stage you may have come to this conclusion that my life is going to be the same forever that nothing much is going to happen if you're at this stage i believe god has a word for you i believe god has a word for you that as you step into 2020 god will remind you once again that he has not abandoned you that he has not cancelled out his plans for your life but rather he will come and rescue you wherever you are and whatever struggle you are going through amen are you with me are you with me no matter where you are no matter how you feel god will come to rescue you so why does our expectation go unfulfilled you see there are many times our expectations go unfulfilled we think to ourselves when i am a child of god jesus said pray ask and it shall be given unto you so we pray about it we seek the lord we ask in faith we knock heaven's door we fast and pray 21 day fasting 40 days fasting i i really thank god for people who can fast for 40 days <laughs> it's a difficult thing for me to go without a meal for a couple of hours it's like where is the food like, give me something to eat <laughs> you know we may have fasted and prayed for something we may have prayed and requested the lord but we have come to a point where all that we asked hasn't happened we are failing over and over again and we may wonder why am i failing why is my expectation failing if you look at the life of gideon he had come to the conclusion that god has abandoned israel if you turn with me to judges chapter 6 verse 13 in the new living translation it says like this but now the lord has abandoned us and has handed us over to the midianites that's his conclusion lord has abandoned us and has handed over to the midianites see god gave israel this promise saying i will never leave you 
nor will I forsake you. So Gideon had come to this conclusion that God has abandoned Israel, whereas God has always promised Israel, saying that I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. And as we look at this verse, what we can clearly understand is that that was Gideon's conclusion. But the truth is, God never abandoned Israel. God never left Israel at any moment. And it's the same in our life as well. See, when we go through troubles, we'll feel like we are abandoned by God. But the truth is, we are never abandoned by God. If he has promised to be with us, he will be with us forever. He will be with us always. And if you, if, but, but Gideon felt like God had abandoned them. If you go back to the verse and look at the background and the context, you will see that Israel went into oppression by the Midianites because of their sins against God. If you go to Judges chapter 6 verse 1, it says like this, Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. They did evil in the sight of the Lord and what did God do? God himself handed them over to the Midianites. Now that doesn't mean God had abandoned them, but God is doing something different here. We're going to focus on that. See, the very act of God allowing the Midianites to oppress was an act of God's mercy and grace. I don't know if you got that. Let me say. The very act of God giving Israel over to the Midianites was an act of God's mercy and grace. Now, many times we have a different view of mercy and grace. A different view of mercy and grace. But this is one of the ways in which God shows mercy to his people. To his people. Now, it may not seem like it, but this was actually an act of God's mercy and grace. Because there are two things God could have done. Israel is sinning against the Lord. There are two things God could have done. The first thing is that he could have left Israel die in their sin. He could have left Israel die in their sin. And he could have done another thing. He could have sent them into oppression. So these are two ways that God could have done something for them. But God chooses the second way that is to send them into oppression. If you read the Old Testament, if you read the major prophetic books, you will find this theme that people of Israel keep going into captivity. The Babylonians take them, the Persians take them, they keep going into captivity over and over again. And many times when you look at those passages, we will think, why does God punish Israel this way? But what we can understand in reality is that it was an act of God's mercy and grace. Because if you look at the first option that I said, if God had let Israel die in their sins, you know what's going to happen? They will cease to exist as a nation. If God had allowed Israel to die in their sin, you know what's going to happen? You will not hear the name of Israel even today. They'll be wiped out as a nation. But what God does is he sends them into oppression. He gives them a punishment so that they can come back to him. And that is why I call that as an act of God's mercy. Amen. Are you with me? Let me say that again. See, God sent Israel into oppression so that they can come back to him. And in that way, by doing that, God is showing his mercy. Because if God had let people die in their sin, that would be an act of God's judgment. That would be an act of God's judgment. See, many times when we look at our life, if God had let us go wherever we are, you know, 
we were living in our addiction, if God had let us live in that addiction, we would be dead now. But what does God do? He brings us out. He puts us through a situation and He brings us out. That is an act of God's mercy. Amen? Are you with me? Now tell me which is better. Is it better for Israel to die in their sin or is it better for Israel to go through oppression and come back to God? Second, it's better for Israel to go through oppression and come back to God. You see, many times when our expectations fail, when things that we ask for do not happen, our feeble mind will say that God is not answering your prayer. Our feeble mind will say that God is not doing what he's supposed to do. Maybe he's failing in his promises. Because, you know, the feeble mind, our, our minds are so feeble and weak, it tells us of God about, in a, in a very different way, it tells us about God that he has left us, he has abandoned us. But the truth is God has never left us in any way. Our, our feeble mind will tell us that when we go through trial, that this is the end of our life. But God puts us through trial, God puts us through many situations as an act of his mercy to bring us back to him. So if you're walking through fire, if you're walking through pain, let me tell you, it is all for the good. If you're walking, walking through difficult times in your life, I want you to remember that it is an act of God's mercy because through that, He is bringing you back to Him. See, there are many things that you asked God for, but God has not fulfilled that in your life. Do you know why? Because if God grants you everything that you ask for, you will go off in your own way. Can I say that again? If God gives you everything that you ask for, you will become proud of yourself. That is why there are some things that we expect that never comes to pass. Because God knows the priority is that my children have to walk with me. That's God's priority. That's God's priority. You see, the greatest gift that we can receive is not the blessings. The greatest gift we can receive is not the house we live in. The greatest gift is not the great job that we have. The greatest gift is our relationship with God. And God values that. See, God is looking at Israel and he's saying, I want my children to come back to me. I'm going to send them into oppression so that they will turn back to me. Because if I let them die in their sin, you know, sometimes we, let, uh, we, we know our brother is struggling with something. We know our sister is struggling with something and we leave them there. We're like, one day they will come back. Because we don't want to confront people with whatever they're doing. We're just too nice with them. But when we confront them and we do something, they will come back. And that is how God is working. If God had left Israel, Israel would have died as a nation. But God does something that brings them back to salvation. So when God punished Israel, he did not punish them because he wanted to destroy them. But he punished them so that he wanted them back to him back to him. So there are things that you'll ask for. And let me tell you, God will not grant it to you. There are things that you'll fast and pray for. God will not grant it to you. Because he knows to give the things that will bring you closer to him. Anything that you ask for that will take you away from him, God will never grant it to you. I look at my life. If God had granted everything that I asked for, the church wouldn't exist today. I wouldn't be where I am today. And let me tell you this, most definitely, I'll be far, far away from God. 
But there are, there are many times God never grants us what we wish for. What we wish for, He'll never grant it. Because He knows. And we get it, we're going to say, Lord, thank you. Sing a thank you, Lord, song. And then escape. We will show our gratefulness and escape. God does not want that to happen in our life. But what God wants, wants us to experience is His presence. That's why I tell you the greatest gift is not the blessing. But a relationship with Jesus. When we think of gifts and all of that, we always think of material positions, living a certain life in this world, living a certain life in a certain way in this world. But the truth is this, the greatest gift that God wants to give you and me is a relationship with Him. A relationship with Him. So, I hope you're getting this point. If you look at the life of Israel, verse 6 says like this, So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites, then Israelites cried to the Lord for help. What happened is, God put them through that situation and eventually they cried out to the Lord for help. Notice the word then. So God planned this so that they can come back to Him. Come back to Him. Sometimes unfulfilled expectations will drive us to pray more. Unfulfilled expectations will drive us to read the Bible more will make us believe in God more and it will also make us become bold and strong in our faith. And also, and also, unfulfilled expectations will make you a warrior. When I was reading this passage, I realized that there is something that I have never learned before. That is, Gideon's unfulfilled expectation turned him to be a mighty warrior. Let me say that again. Gideon's unfulfilled expectation turned him into a mighty warrior. If you look at Gideon, he was not a bold man. He was not a very bold man. In fact, if you look at Judges chapter 6 verse 11, it says like this, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. So basically, this man was not a bold man. He was not a man who was like a warrior. Because you see the way he is working right now. He is hiding so that no one can take anything from him. He is hiding and working. So the way he was working suggests that he was not a bold man. But through the whole process of going through this season of unfulfilled expectation, something in him was changing. Something in him was changing. Gideon might have thought to himself, this is my imagination, Gideon might have thought to himself, if only God gives me one chance, I'm going to fight against the enemies. You know, so through this, through this season of unfulfilled expectation, you know what was happening? You know what was happening? A warrior was born. Gideon was shaped into a mighty warrior. That is why God comes to Gideon and guess what he says? The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. You see what unfulfilled expectations can do? He expected something to happen that didn't happen, but eventually that turned him into a mighty warrior. Through the season of unfulfilled expectation, a warrior was born and God shaped him into a mighty warrior. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him and the first word he said was, mighty warrior, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Let me tell you something. It is good that certain things never come to fulfillment in our life. 
It is good that God does not fulfill our every request. It is good that God does not answer all our prayers. It is good that God does not answer everything according to our expectation. Do you know why? Because eventually all that is going to make us into a person whom God wants us to be. Whom God wants us to be. You may think it's strange, you know, why does God work this way? He's God. He does what he chooses to do. The Bible says that he works in ways that are very mysterious. But the beautiful thing that is that even in that mystery, even in the dark moment of your life, God is preparing you to be a masterpiece. Even in the mystery, even in the dark times, even in the season of unfulfilled expectation, God is preparing you to be a masterpiece. You look at the life of Gideon, Gideon did something that no one else has done. He fought a battle with 300 people. Can you imagine that? Your, your enemy has 30,000 and you have 300. And no sophisticated weapons. No uh, helicopters to drop bombs, or no uh, sophisticated airplanes to fight in the sky, nothing. 300 men and this huge army in front of him. And what happens? Just imagine, let me ask you this, let me ask you this. If you were like Gideon, given 300 men, will you go boldly and fight? You'd think twice. But because of what Gideon goes through, because of that season of unfulfilled expectation, a warrior was born. He believed in faith that God will do. He went boldly and he took the Israelites out of the Midianites' hand. Many times we can cry and crib about everything that doesn't happen in our life. But I can tell you that it is all for the good. You look at the life of Job. At the end of his life he comes and says, I've heard of you, but now I see you. In other words, he had heard about God, but now he has experienced God. God will never put you through a trial without any reason. If he has put you through a trial, it is so that you can fulfill his purpose. His purpose and we see that Gideon became into a man who fulfilled God's purpose God's purpose there may be expectations in our life that are not fulfilled and let me tell you this it is for the good it is for the good God knows what to do in your life just at the right time we don't have to bend God's hand decree and declare or do anything we just have to ask in faith and say Lord I give it up to you and it's time you do your will and when we give it up into God's hands, He will do something so beautiful that when you receive it, you will enjoy it all the time. Enjoy it all the time. I don't know where you might be in your spiritual walk today, but I want to remind you this morning that if there are expectations in your life that has failed, thank God for it. Praise Him for things that never happened in your life. Because one day, when you look back, and you'll remember that I'm so glad that what I asked never came to fulfillment. See, a God is a heavenly father. A father knows how to give good gifts to his children. And if an earthly father knows what best gift to give to their children, how much more will God as a father know to give? And he will give you everything that is good and perfect. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the father above. And he will give you everything. So when something doesn't happen in your life, don't be afraid. And something is not fulfilled, don't be scared. And something is not fulfilled, 
Don't think that God has abandoned you. God has abandoned. Don't don't ever feel like it. Just let everything go into the Lord's hand and say, Lord, I give it all to you. Whatever I received, whatever I did not receive, I give it all to you. The greatest gift that we can receive is our relationship with God. Amen. No matter what you're walking through, don't give up hope. Just stay focused on the Lord because He is able to lead you through every situation. Why don't we stand up in prayer? Why don't we stand up in prayer? You might be at this stage in your life where worries have filled your heart. Fear has filled your heart because of what has not happened. And for some of you here, the enemy is using that as an opportunity. As an opportunity to destroy your life. And so he's putting these random thoughts into your mind. Random thoughts saying that you'll never prosper. And all of a sudden you'll have this random thought feeling as if I can do something with my life. And then you try it, it fails. And then you feel like I'm a failure. That I can't do anything. That I can't do anything. But let me remind you that God wants you to know that even the things that he has not granted to you is your blessing. Even the things that God has not given to you is your blessing. Is your blessing. When we look at the world, the world compares growth with materialistic positions. If you have this, if you have that, that means you're growing. But you know in God's sight, what he sees is that, is my son, is my daughter walking in a close relationship with me? That is why Paul comes to the book of Philippians chapter 3 and he says, I want to know him more. And if you look at the history, it's been over 20 years since Paul started serving Christ. And 20 years later, the heartbeat of this man was that I have to know Christ even more. Even more. It's not about what we can receive. It's not about all that we can have. If you look at the life of Paul, he's saying, I, was, I, I didn't have this, I didn't have that, I was naked, I was hungry. I was abandoned by people. But Paul never cribbed about who left him and the blessings he didn't receive. All that he ran after was, I want to know him more. I want to know him more. And you see, church, that's the greatest gift that we can receive. Relationship with God. See, Paul as a Pharisee knew that through the law, he can never attain a relationship with God. He may be called righteous according to the law, but he can never attain relationship with God. But when he, when he met Jesus on the way to Damascus, he understood that through faith, I can be made righteous and I can have a right standing with God, a right relationship with God. And he puts relationship with God above everything else. Everything else. You might be walking in this season of life where there are so many things that you expected that didn't happen. And you may wonder why Lord. God is saying, son, daughter, I'm drawing you closer to me. Because when you step into 2020, God does not want you to live life in the way you lived in 2019. When you step into 2020, God does not want you to live the same old lifestyle. What God wants you to live is a life where you are seeking his face every 
day where you're walking in a relationship with him just as Enoch walked with God just as Moses sought the face of God just as the prophets walked with God God desires you to walk with him you may wonder what is the point of all these struggles God says I'm drawing you closer to me instead of giving up hope instead of feeling like you're abandoned by God see your life through God's perspective and you will learn that God is still there by your side and he's doing something beyond what you can imagine beyond what you can imagine don't allow depression to come into your homes you see if a man allows depression to come into the house it's contagious it'll go on to the wife to the children to the family entire family will plunge into depression into hopelessness god did not call us to live a life like that but rather he is calling us to live a life where we are hopeful in him and i love what job said he says though he slays me even if my god kills me i'm still going to follow him see that's the kind of commitment we have to live with that's the kind of commitment that even if i walk through the darkest darkest times i know he is there with me psalmist says even though i walk through the darkest valley of shadow of death i will fear no evil that that's the confidence we should have we should know that even in the dark moments god is there with me even in the storms god is there with me that even when what i prayed for didn't come to pass god is still there with me god is still there with me guiding me and i pray this church that you would take this message to your hearts and believe that god is still working in your life don't give room to unnecessary thoughts don't give room to unnecessary thoughts in your life there are some of you who can't think straight for 5 minutes can't think straight for 5 minutes you think for 5 minutes your mind is distracted on something else and it's 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 a very random you wake up morning in the morning tired because your mind is so busy do not give your mind over to the enemy's camp do not give your mind over to the enemy's thoughts he always wants you to be distracted he wants you to think in random ways so that you'll never focus on one thing but god says focus on me i will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding i will give you a peace that will transcend every situation that you are going through when you rest in god's peace you will know that he is doing something that is why job says i go to the west i don't find him i go to the east i don't find him but i know he is at work i know he is at work when you live in that peace when you live with god you will know that what whatever didn't happen in your life it is for the good and god is doing something greater than what you can imagine and that is why paul says that he is able to give you beyond all you can think ask or imagine according to the great power that is at work within us through jesus christ you know that 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 phrase was not in the greek language but paul puts this thing together saying beyond all expectation beyond everything that you can imagine he puts it all together just to say what god can do in your life you may have asked for a little thing but god says i want to give you something greater but the waiting time for that greater thing might be more but god says wait be patient because i'm going to do something great in your life and when you receive it at god's perfect time i tell you you will enjoy every bit of it if you have unfulfilled expectation in your life i want it tell you this church thank the lord for it thank the lord for things that didn't happen in your life 
because in god's plan it is all for the good all for the good amen father we want to thank you jesus we want to thank you lord for what you have spoken to us through your word thank you for reminding us once again through the life of gideon that even when we have expectations that are unfulfilled it is all for the good that even when our expectations fail even when our hope fails it is all for the good because what you prioritize is that you want us to be in a relationship with you thank you for reminding us once again about what you prioritize oh lord master there are times we have gone away from you times when we we have we have said maybe i'll try this on my own try that on my own maybe i'll try this and see if it works but now lord you've reminded that everything that didn't work was your plan and father if i have taken up if we have taken up anything that was not your plan help us to let go help us to leave that and help us to live in your presence and live according to your plans always at all times we give ourselves into your mighty hand lord let us not just be hearers of the word but people who do what it says and master we pray that everything that we have learned today help us to put it into practice help us to fulfill that in jesus name we thank you lord for all that you have done and all that you are going to do in the coming days in jesus name we pray amen amen the life of gideon tells us a lot more than just a warrior who fought with 300 men what it teaches us is that even in our failure god has a purpose even when our expectations have failed god is still working behind the scene amen just as job said i know i can't find him there i can't find him here but i know he's at work remember this god never stops working in your life there will never be a moment when god will leave you or forsake you he's always there by your side every moment hold on to that word hold on to that promise even when you don't feel like it remind yourself that god's word never fails if god's word says this then it will surely be true amen amen so thank god for things that didn't come to pass in your life as you end the year don't end it in regret don't end it thinking oh this didn't happen in my life that didn't happen in my life my prayers weren't answered thank the lord for everything that was not done everything that was not answered because one day it'll, it'll take you some time to realize that it was for the good it'll take probably a couple of years to realize that it was for the good and you will realize that one day amen amen god bless you let's close our eyes for the benediction may the love of our father the grace of our lord jesus christ and the sweet fellowship of the holy spirit be with each one of us for now and for evermore amen and amen